poetry where creativity speaks. Poetry was born out of a desire to provide a platform for local artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs to come and talk about their craft with the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia audience. Over the course of the program, you will hear from poets, singers, actors, dancers, musicians, comedians, and more. Occasionally, you will get advice from business and financial experts, dating and marriage coaches, as well as a local chef who will bring you quick and delicious recipes, especially for the cooking challenged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your new favorite podcast. I am Candy B. I'm your host, and I am an aspiring actress, voiceover artist, fashion designer, entrepreneur, and author. And I am so excited to explore the local artistry with you. Kennard? My name is Kennard Cherry. I am the co-host of Poetry. I am a multi-instrumentalist, producer, and business owner from the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. And I'll be here with Candy, bringing you good information, good music, and some fun stuff. And now we're going to start out with Kennard. He's going to uh, read for us his morning inspiration. This one is entitled Preparation. How often do we prepare for our dreams and what we say that we want? Just like we prepare for work in the mornings, prepare for meetings, and prepare the host to host guests in our homes, why is, that, why is it our dreams don't get that same intensity with preparation? Please take a look at your life and see what kind of preparation that you can put into your dreams. Peace, love, and abundance. Nice. Now, um, what what does that look like when you say preparation for your dreams? Having a dream in the first place. Okay. Um, because it's from my personal experience, I've gotten I had gotten to a place in my life where, and this is what inspired that one. Um, stop dreaming. Um, even though I was a musician and I got and, and the artist, I just got so bogged down with the day to day that I'd stopped dreaming and I woke up one day and literally when I went to Best Buy of all places <laughs> went there and I stood there and looked at a 70 inch TV that I wanted. I said, man, and I stopped wanting, but that led me to look at the fact that I stopped dreaming. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. How do I prepare for my dreams? Write them down, mm -hmm. vision board, um, start talking about it. And so that's what kind of got me into that mode of preparation for that because I prepare for everything else. It's so true. Yeah, we prepare, we go to school, we study. But when it comes to our dreams, as adults, mm -hmm. we just let them fade by the wayside. Yeah, and, and, that bring the, and I brought the curiosity I had as a five-year-old to that brought that back to the table, like what's possible? Mm -hmm. And once I did that, it's, it's, everything started opening back up. Yeah, that's great. We will now have a poem entitled Love After Love, read by Candy B. Mr. Derek Walcott was born on the island of St. Lucia. He was a poet and playwright and Nobel Prize winner. He won lots of awards, and he uh, passed in 2017. And in 1988, the Queen's Medal for Poetry. He was an honorary member of the American Academy and Institute of Arts and Letters. And uh, he was born in 1930 and died in 2017. And here is his poem. Love After Love The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome. And say, sit here, eat. 
you will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit. Feast on your life. And we want to welcome Cecily to the Poetry Podcast. I'm definitely excited to have her in the building. Literally watched her. I mean, just morph into this, this great artistry. And we had a short story when I first met her at the Wonder Bread Factory. That's what it was. The Wonder Bread Factory downtown D.C. And we were stuck out front on the porch because the door had locked out front and we waited for someone to come back down and so we just you know, she just started a conversation just, hey so what do you do <laughs> and we just started talking she was so pleasant so humble and eager you know, just something in her eyes said i'm going to do this i'm serious i want to connect with people and that's my first impression of cecily so without further ado welcome thank you welcome thank you for having me definitely excited So Cecily, um, just to back up, what what were you guys doing at the Wonder Bread Factory? <laughs> <laughs> well, a um, mutual friend yeah. and collaborator, because she actually is on my new album too, Deborah Bond. Mm-hmm. She was having a music video release event. Yes, it was a um, song perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that album, sounds like fun. Album, 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 album. It yep. was fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it was a live performance, and it was just a lot yeah, of artists. Yeah, live performance. Yeah. yeah, a lot of artists in the building. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. So I was I was just looking at your website, and um, I saw where you decided one day that you were just going to do music full time. Yeah, yeah. I was in college actually, mm-hmm. and I had been studying political science, and you know, ever since I was maybe thirteen, I had been pretty set on wanting to go into international relations i had a whole plan Mm -hmm. i'll get my degree in political science then i was going to take two years and do peace corps and then i was going to go get my nice yeah it's a great plan work for the united nations like i had a whole plan plan. Mm -hmm. i had a whole plan and then my maybe junior year or sophomore year in college i just realized that I didn't really want to be in that industry anymore. And uh, my passion had always really been music because at the same time, I kind of became interested in international relations and uh, development work was around the same time that I started taking voice lessons. Mm -hmm. And throughout high school and college, all my extracurriculars were pretty much music related. So when I was maybe 20, 19 or 20, that's when I decided, you know, I think I want to take music seriously mm. as a career and not just a hobby. And I went ahead and finished my degree, but since graduation, I've just been pursuing music. And that was like six years ago now. Wow. wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, my yeah. question was, what did your parents say when you told them that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is that my parents are both, um, kind of like corporate professionals. My mom was a corporate lawyer for decades, and Mm -hmm. my dad was an architect who had his own business, so an entrepreneur. Um, And all four of their children, including myself, are artists. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that says a lot. They definitely raised us to uh, 
be feel free expressing ourselves and they always always supported us in our creative endeavors and so I called my mom Mm -hmm. you know and I told her I really think I want to do music uh not just as a hobby but as a career and obviously they'd been supporting me for years already because they paid for all my voice lessons okay they came Mm -hmm. to all my choir concerts and all that stuff you know so Mm -hmm. they had been supporting me already and I told her this and she asked me why you know, and I told her, well, I'm kind of disillusioned with the whole, you know, development industry. And I've always loved music. And I realized that's when I'm happiest is that's what I'm doing. And she said, OK. And mm-hmm. so she started mailing me all these books, about <laughs> the music industry. Like oh, wow. In the, yeah, I was still in school, so I definitely <laughs> didn't need any more books to read. But she started sending me in the mail from Amazon. Oh, wow. Like everything you need to know about the music business. And That's how to great. And manager and all these things. And mm. so it just kind of started from there. And um, my, my spring break of my junior year in college, I uh, connected with a producer that was a friend of my cousin who had a studio out in L.A. So I flew out to L.A. and that was my very first time recording in the studio. And um, we did two songs over like five days or so. And one of them ended up being on my first project that I put out in 2015. And it was really just a learning experience. Um, And it was amazing, you know, he's a producer, his name's Benjamin Wright, and he's literally worked with everyone from Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. to Justin Timberlake to OutKast. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, you know, Elder Barge, like everybody. And so it was just kind of intimidating being in there and seeing Mm -hmm. all these platinum records on the walls. (laughs) Like he literally had like the framed off the wall, you know. Oh, yeah diamond record or whatever yeah. it is like above his fireplace and i'm just in there like hey, <laughs> the first time in a studio you know? <laughs> and it and the engineer was uh reggie dozier who's been doing stuff since like motown days mm. so it was just like it was amazing mm-hmm. and also really intimidating and it taught me a lot because just that experience of um working with people who are you know amazing professionals and who are like at the top of what they do it it taught me a lot just about the process Mm -hmm. and what it takes to create a record and you know kind of the energy that you need and the the passion that you need for that and also it taught me a lot about not losing my own creative voice because I found that in that process I was just really intimidated and so I didn't speak up enough and so as I kept going on in my career I've definitely have taken that lesson to heart in terms of no matter who I'm working with and no matter how much I trust them, you know, and I do want them to challenge me, to push me, but at the end of the day, it has to be my own artistic statement. So I definitely learned a lot since uh, 2011, I think, or whenever it was, 2010, the first time I stepped into a studio, but it's been a, it's been a journey. But to answer your initial question, <laughs> my parents were very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> that that's really nice yeah. to hear because that's a big step, you know. Yeah. After you've gone to school, it was, but you did finish your your degree. You got mm-hmm. your degree, yep, so I got my degree, yeah. And I don't think okay. I've used it yet. <laughs> or that's not true. I substitute teach, so they oh, okay. wouldn't hire me without the bachelor. So I'm glad I got that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's wonderful. Are you the baby? I'm just okay. I am. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> well, the thing about you. You're definitely, I would say, solid in your personality and the way you that you express. And that's that's the one thing that's always followed you, and that actually translates to your music. So I'm just been enlightened because that support that you have makes 
the difference. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Makes a big difference. Mm. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you said that no matter who you work with, you have to basically stay true to yourself. And I, I can imagine that's not very easy. So what? How do you do that? I mean, in to encourage other artists who have come across those opportunities like how do you stay true to yourself and not get caught up in well this is what you know we think you are and what we kind of music we think you should do mm-hmm. you know what what's your advice on I mean, that i think it's 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 for me i'll just speak for myself it, it starts with the writing process because i as soon as i started learning about the music business you know i also started taking songwriting more seriously and started studying songwriting and um, for me, it's always a collaborative process because I don't play any instruments hardly at all. So it's always a co-writing, you know, that I do with my collaborators. But I think in terms of having my own voice and vision, it really starts with knowing that I'm saying what I want to be saying. And I know that there's a lot of things I could write about, you know, but at the end of the day, I know what statement I want to make to the world, which is, um, just honest and hopefully uplifting, you know. So it starts there. And then I think the rest of it kind of has to do with just having a vision. Like you can go to, you know, it, it starts with picking the right producer who understands what you're going for um, and being particular and being specific with that, like saying, you know, I really like the way the guitar sounds on this song or, you know, I really like the way the drums are recorded on this song because somebody might think they know what you're talking about, but if you don't let them know specifically, then they really might not know what you're talking about. And y'all could go start going in two different directions and then mm-hmm. you're really unhappy. You've already spent all this money, mm-hmm. you know? So I think at the end of the day, you need to do your research in terms of what your influences are and I think a lot of people nowadays are like trying to be genreless, which is, you know, fine if you want to define yourself that way. But you still need to have influences. Mm-hmm. You still need to be able to cite those influences in order to guide your creative process. So for me, I think it's been those two things, really knowing what type of sound I want to a certain degree, you know, and then hopefully the, pe- the people that I'm working with can you know use that as a launching pad to create something original that works for us you know and what we're creating mm-hmm. and then also just making sure that the lyrics are saying what I want to say and with that what is your message what is it that you want to say to the world yeah so my new album is called songs of love and freedom and nice title I'm, thank you thank you I'm really proud of this work in particular because I think it really does say what I want to say, which is just a story about growth and about learning to accept yourself, learning Mm. to love yourself. Great message. And yeah, I think it's just everyone goes through this Mm -hmm. at all different times in their lives, literally. Right. And so it's always something that people can relate to. And so I've definitely been going through that over the last few years. And so I just wanted to write about it in a way that was really honest and also just just went back to kind of how I view things, which is that everything you're going through is for a reason and that 
at the end of the day, it's up to you to find your peace, to find your joy, to find your happiness. Yes. And a lot of that just has to do with just appreciating all of it, you know, appreciating the moment, appreciating the journey, the growth. And so that's really what the project is talking about. And um, from what I've heard from people, they they get that. They get that, mm-hmm. that, um, the, that message and also they get that feeling that, um, you know, everything is working out. So I'm happy that people are getting the message. That's beautiful. And um, would you like to play one of your songs right now? I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so this this song is the single. Uh, it's entitled Pisces. And I actually, this song started as kind of like a poem and uh, just a little melodic idea I had a long time ago. Okay. Um, and then it slowly turned into a song over the years. Mm-hmm. And I just really love how it came out. I worked on it. Uh, I co-wrote it with another artist named Biggs Duke, and it was produced by uh, a group that are also DC-based called Columbia Knights. And I just love it, so I hope other people love it too. This is Pisces. Awesome.
is beautiful. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Instant transport after the first like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tripping. I'm really tripping right now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Where did it transport you to, Kennard? I don't know. It, it instantly took me to that. Um, it was just a, a free place of innocence. Right? Mm. Um, mm. And, I, and I mentioned to myself, I said, The Wiz. Like, thinking about that. Mm. I don't know if you remember that movie, the moment when right before they got taken in the tornado mm-hmm. and Diana Ross is outside. Just that, that moment, like, mm. kind of surreal. Mm-hmm. And it, it has so much substance. Thank hmm. you. I love that description. I have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on in that music. <laughs> it is. Man. It is. I just felt like wow. I was at the beach. Yes. And um, just having a really peaceful and uh, enjoyable time. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but um, that's that's what it makes me think of, is just having a really nice time with the waves and... Nice memories, and the weather's gorgeous, and, you know, just yeah. having a really nice time. And um, I immediately thought of Minnie Ripperton. Is that one of your... Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's who I get compared to most, most times. Often. Okay. And, you know, it's really funny. People that haven't even heard my music, mm-hmm. when they see my photos, they say, oh, you remind me of Minnie Ripperton. Oh, like, wow. Okay. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I... I I definitely grew up listening to Minnie all the time. It's mm-hmm. one of my mom's favorite artists. And I definitely used her as one of my influences on this project as well. So Yeah, definitely oh, a compliment. Sure. It's um <laughs> the, the vocals are just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Ending sincere. Um quick question. Where did um you actually record that song? Mm-hmm. There's, so, there's a vibe that comes through through the music, so I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, all of the instrumentation um, was recorded at the producer's home studio in their basement mm-hmm. um, in Southeast. And all the vocals were recorded at Omega Studios in Rockville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love Omega because it, I think it was built in the early 80s or something. So it kind of has that, like, I feel like all the vocals I recorded there kind of have that 70s feel because mm-hmm. of the way the room is set up. Mm-hmm. And also we use like a vintage uh, U, uh, Neumann, I think it was a U47 wow. mic. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a vintage tube mic. So it gives it a lot of air in the sound, which I think complements my voice really well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was really happy with all the, all the recording that we did, yeah. Wow, and that was called Pisces, correct? Mm-hmm. Called Pisces, yeah. Add that to your playlist. Then. <laughs> 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 who who does influence you? Who inspires you? <sighs> so many people. I mean, Minnie Ripperton definitely. Mm-hmm. I I just love the way that she, I just loved her persona. I think. I mean, of course, her vocals are amazing. The songwriting is amazing, but just. Who she was as a as a woman always really inspires me because she did have this kind of innocence to her, mm-hmm. but also she had like a sensuality to her, and her music was definitely like I love I love the imagery she uses. There's a lot of nature references which I also use. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else um, in terms of influences? I love uh, Terry Collier, who a lot of people aren't that familiar with, but 
I grew up listening to uh, his most famous album, which is called What Color Is Love? Hmm. And it's okay. kind of blend of folk, soul, and jazz. Oh, that's and somebody to check out. Yeah, <laughs> and it, his music is just so special to me, and his songwriting is so special. And so I definitely referenced a, a few of his songs on my project as well. And um, I'm trying to think who else we pulled from on this project in particular. Uh, some Norman Connors work. Uh, I just I just love his arrangements. And so there was, you know, some Norman Connors references in a few of the songs as well. Isley Brothers. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just so many people, but I can say that solidly, all, almost all my favorite music came out between like 1973 and 1973. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, before I mean, you were born. It's timeless, timeless <laughs> stuff, though. That's the yeah. thing. It's yeah. You can listen to it now. Right. 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Classic. Yeah. And that 70s R&B, I just, I just love it. I just love the orchestration, the mm-hmm. arrangements, you know, the grooves. It's just like, I love the textures, like the way all the instruments sound, like the recording quality of mm-hmm. it. I just love that, that era of music. And so I definitely pulled almost everything as inspiration from there in some way or another yeah and then some things just kind of happen you know you're not really pulling from anywhere right but um yeah i think in terms of influences that's definitely the air and the messages i think and the music that from that time yeah i mean i think yes yes i Mm -hmm. would agree with that I would agree with that. I think people reference a lot of different kinds of messages, mm-hmm. you know, and throughout generations, everything is slick, cyclical, right? right? So it's like things come up as they need to kind of thing. Um, I think on this project, I, I tried to talk a lot about, like, freedom, not necessarily in, a, uh, in terms of, like, political freedom or social freedom, but a kind of personal freedom, um, Kind of like what Nina Simone says, right? Just no fear. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, kind of what does that mean? And so I think that was that was kind of also inspiration. Just, um, you know, all the things you take in every day. Mm-hmm. They just slowly influence the work you put out. So I try to be particular about the things I take in every day. Yeah. Yeah. Good practice. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you... What what do you think it's like? How would you describe being an artist in the DMV? How would you like it to evolve and change, or how would you like to be more supported? It's hmm. a really good question. Um, you know, I always say that DC is a music city. I mean, a lot of people don't see it that way because it, you know, we're seen as politics, politics, mm-hmm. politics. But growing up here as a kid, like. I was like, you kind of knew politics was happening, but I was like insulated from that. But mm-hmm. what I was exposed to was definitely like people and culture. And I think a lot of that had to do with art. I mean, you know, like my parents are collectors of visual art and then also just music was all around. So, you know, I, I, I think D.C. definitely is an arts city mm-hmm. and always has been in one way or another and I, I really appreciate that, and mm-hmm. I think that it has influenced me. And I think also because of Go-Go, like, right. D.C. people just have an appreciation for live music that in some other places has been lost over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why a lot of artists, when they go on tour, they love coming to D.C. because people here just love live music. You right. know? Mm-hmm. It, it moves us 
in a, in a very particular way. And so I think I was influenced by all of that growing up and uh, being here, like, you know, it's, it's different when you're a child. So coming back, moving back home after college kind of reintroduced me to the city in a lot of ways. And I still think that the music scene here is really amazing mm-hmm. um, and has so many layers to it. I mean, there's just so many scenes. There's right. like the R&B scene, there's a mm-hmm. jazz scene, there's a folk music scene, yeah. punk music scene, mm-hmm. hip hop. It's like so many things Irish happening. music. <laughs> Irish yeah. music, yeah. The poetry scene is <laughs> yeah. really dope. It's just like mm-hmm. a lot of different things that are happening. So that's really exciting. But then on the flip side, it's like you have all the music, but then D.C. is not an industry city. You know, we're not L.A., we're not Nashville or Atlanta or L.A. Mm -hmm. So it's like you people kind of have to create a lot of those systems for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you just end up being, you know, very um, entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. you know, being here because you don't have people kind of reaching out to you saying, can I help you with this? Can I do Mm -hmm. this? You know, it's like if you live in New York. There's a whole like, bunch of people who are looking for artists to manage or there's a whole bunch of like street teams who you just, you know, you call hmm. them up and they do this. And it's not that D.C. doesn't have those things. It's just we have very, very fewer of them, you know. And so I think artists here are kind of forced to be much more entrepreneurial, much more kind of um, just innovative in mm-hmm. how we approach things. And. I don't know. People have different takes on, you know, D.C. trapping you. You know, like I've had people who mm-hmm. over the years have told me, like, you're good. You need to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> 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 like straight up, like would be like, mm-hmm. you know, people I respect be like, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. And I totally hear what they're saying. I'm not ruling that out. Right. But I, I like I like D.C. And I actually think D.C. is well placed like geographically mm-hmm. in terms of being a touring artist like on the east coast you're like mm-hmm. it's very easy to go up to new york philly right you know delaware mm-hmm. even up to boston it's very easy to go all the way down atlanta north carolina south carolina it's like everything is within driving distance mm-hmm. which is amazing you know right so i just trying to take advantage of that and um you know, it's like eventually if I decide to leave, that's cool, too. But I'm just appreciating D.C. for what it is now. And D.C. has been really, really good to me. <laughs> well, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I yeah. agree with what you're saying as far as the D.C. scene, because one thing about D.C. crowds, they're tough. And mm. meaning is, and you know, you may have experienced it where you have original music <laughs> in front of a crowd and they're looking and uh, and what that is for a long time. We used to think like with the boy, we used to perform. And we used to always think that, oh, man, my music sucks or, like, what's mm-hmm. going on? But they're listening. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things about D.C. It, it will <laughs> help you develop a tough skin <laughs> as it relates to a crowd and really get into your performance, not looking for their response and their energy to drive you. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things, like, if, you, if you make it, you're making it here and you're doing shows in D.C. Yeah. and you haven't, like, pulled your hair out, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing something. Yeah. So I just want to commend you on your um, your staying power uh, and your commitment you. to yeah. You know, like like you said, the DC scene. You're from here, but at the same time, it's like you got reintroduced after college. Mm-hmm. That's massively important um, as far as not being completely disconnected from it. And then you got back in it and you went in. Yeah. You know? So I just want to just commend you on that. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. And what are your hopes and dreams for the future? Ah. I know. I guess the end goal for me is to get the music heard by as many people as possible. Um, because it is work that I'm really proud of, and so I think it deserves to be heard. So just finding different ways to do that, and I mean, ultimately, I just want to have longevity, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to do what I love to do for as long as possible and get paid well to do it. I so like that. <laughs> just figuring out how to make that happen. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be really intentional as an artist sometimes. Like. I've had conversations with friends of mine about like, you know, if you build your whole, you know, your whole kind of career on touring and touring income, you don't still want to have to be touring when you're 80, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you want to. Right. There's a lot of artists who are forced to tour when they're way past the age when they want to. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to be intentional about how you set up your career. It's like, well, if I don't want to be touring my whole life, you know, then how can I try to make some, you know, what they call it, what do they call it, like mailbox income? Like you just sitting around yeah, and shows so up in your Yeah, it's passive income. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, maybe I need to be pursuing songwriting some more. I need to meet those people, you know, or I need to, you know, I need to flex that songwriting muscle. You know, I need to try to get in to meet some people in that industry because it is an, an industry within an industry. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So... Or, you know, maybe I want to, you know, focus more on, like, publishing and or, you know, like, uh, placements. You know, how do I get my stuff placed in movies and TV? It's just, like, there's so many aspects of the music business Mm -hmm. that it's just so much to look into and get into. So I think for me, it's like I want to be able to do what I love to do, which is singing and performing Mm -hmm. and writing and recording. Uh, for many years to come. So I want to be able to build that grassroots following of people who every time I come into town, they want to see me live. Mm, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, just being intentional about that and, you know, making the connections I need to make in order to sustain that kind of career and never being afraid to do it myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, as an independent artist, you know. Right, like exactly. Yeah. And one thing I would like to offer you with that, um, something I came up with called time uh, wealth management, actually. Mm. And one thing I, t- I, you know, talk to my friends about and my family and especially my children um, and especially artists is um, time is your greatest resource. It's your greatest resource. And if it's managed well, it's a lot you can get done. Mm. And the other part of that is, the greatest form of currency and capital are your relationships. Mm. So I, those are my wealth principles because everything else is tied to it. Money, shows, opportunities are tied mm. within that realm for me. Yeah. So I just wanted to offer you that. Yeah, no, that's great. I I will write that down as mm. soon as we're off the air. <laughs> I'll make sure you get it. <laughs> I'll write that down. Yeah, that's great. And um, just out of curiosity, who would you most like to work with, you think? I know, it's a big question. There are so many people, but if you can only pick one. I literally <laughs> never know how to answer that question because I feel like I'm always learning about new people like every few weeks, and then it just keeps changing. I mean, I think for me, who would I like to work with? Um, mm, you know, I, I, mm, 
<laughs> so, so with that question, dream big. Like, what's the, what is the greatest possibility in that, in just in that thought? Like, if right. you work with anybody, what's your dream situation? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, actually, I, I would love to work with Raphael Sadiq. Oh, that's, that's okay. on my vision board. That yeah. Raphael Sadiq. Gosh, wasn't he board. Yeah, just, just in town? Yes. Yeah, he just performed the Kenny Center. Okay. Yeah. Or is it next week? Actually, I don't know. I think it's the 27th. I want to hope that I didn't miss it because it's just reminding me. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, I just love his grooves, like his mm-hmm. bass lines. Like it's just like so many things to love about yeah. what he does and has done over the past decades. Well, here's a, here's what's interesting. Have you have you heard your music? Hmm? Have you heard your music? Yeah. About Lucy Pearl and yes. you know, those yeah. things. So you, I mean, wow, that's that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna put that out there. Yes, there you go. That's how you do it. Oh, you just did. That's how you do it. There we go, <laughs> Raphael. <laughs> so we have um, closing questions. Yeah. We have um, um, any other questions that came to at all from you? Because you answered every question I had without me saying a word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give me interviews because I just talk. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that's what we want to create. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, you can tell us where to, can people connect with you. Yeah, so people can find me on my website, which is cecilymusic.com, C-E-C-I-L-Y-M-U-S-I-C.com. And there you'll see my upcoming shows. You can also read my blog entries, give you a little bit more insight into me and, you know, the project and all that. Um, and also you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Cecily Alexa, C E C I L Y A L E X A. Cool. And actually, I do have one more thing. Like, so for somebody who's just starting out, um, or even the baby Cecily, I know you're still very young. Um, what would you say to that person who's trying to start in this industry in this area? Hmm, that's a good. I would say. Go out and meet people. Um, don't be afraid to try something that um, might feel out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Panar said, it's really about your connections and relationships and building those over time. And um, lastly, I would say just keep getting better because I think that's the thing is like you always feel like you're good. And then three years later, you're like, Damn, I wasn't that good. <laughs> you know, so someone yeah. told you no three years ago. It might just be because you needed to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. So be really intentional about, you know, working on your craft, whatever that is, and just keep improving and try to focus most of your energy on that because usually, you know, you're going to get the nose. And then, like, I'll give you a perfect example. There was a particular show that I wanted to do you know that was on U Street and I this was like when I first moved back home and I had emailed the promoter like three times you know trying to get on this show never never happened Mm. and then two years later he reached out to me oh nice so it's like just keep working and it's okay and just Mm -hmm. keep trying and go out for every opportunity that feels right for you you know and trust yourself that's good advice I mean basically it's no means not now. A lot of times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you just keep it moving. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and borrow that. That's 
You can get that one, Canary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to say, too, I was just talking to a friend of mine last night who's a, a hip-hop artist, and we talk a lot about, like, you know, the universe and how it responds to what mm-hmm. you do. And we we were saying, you know, the universe responds into pro- in proportion to how much energy you put out there. Mm. And so sometimes opportunities are growing in areas that you're not even paying attention to. Right. Because you're trying yes. so hard and you're putting so much energy into one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that thing might come to you five years from now, but there's another opportunity that's growing somewhere out there for you right now. So it's just like you keep putting out the energy and you keep trying and it's going to be rough and it's going <laughs> to be days and you don't want to get out of bed. And you're just <laughs> like, man, no one's paying attention. And, you know, it's it just, just Very keep true. going. And yeah. know that the investment that you're making is will be worth it, you know, if you put in the time and energy and be, like I keep saying that word, intentional. About yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. Intentional. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. This has been great. Any opportunity to get to talk about what I do and you know, it's always really uh it lifts my spirits too. It helps me keep moving. So thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Poetry. To connect with us and to get more information, go to poetry.net. That's P-O-E-S-T-R-Y dot N-E-T. And follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and, and YouTube. YouTube. Thanks for joining us today. Peace, love, and abundance. À la prochaine, mes amis.